Hey there, this is Joel with the Path Design Podcast. Just reminding you that these specific videos that you are about to hear are much better viewed on YouTube because they hold images, pictures, photographs, slides that kind of depict everything we'll be talking about in this specific episode. And so keep that in mind as you listen that you might want to go to our YouTube channel. Just search Path Design Podcast on YouTube. And that way you will be able to see the images that depict what we're going to talk about so you get a more full picture of what is discussed here in this episode. Thank you for listening. Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Find us online 24-7 at pathdesign.com. Of course, here on YouTube, subscribe, like. You can subscribe to the podcast on, man, Apple Music, Pandora, Oh, man. I need to call it to my wife. List the 37 places we're online right now. It's everywhere you can listen to to music, downloads, uh, podcasts, movies, everywhere. You can't get away from us. But thank you for watching today. And uh, thank you for being interested in this topic. It is one that is intriguingly divisive. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't... Well, I do understand it. Spiritually speaking, we want to do what we want to do. We are offended when anyone comes at us. Most people are. I like it, but I'm very abnormal. I like being challenged. I like you saying, look, what about this? Why aren't you doing this? Why are you doing that? Most people don't like that. Most people have pulled up a chair of doctrine, and they are strapped down with 15 belt buckles, 10 concrete blocks, a, a, a big glass bubble around it, wrapped in duct tape, covered in chains and locked with 15 deadbolts. And that's our seat of doctrine, which is very dangerous, friend. Don't let that be you. Now, you may think it's not you, but man, check in there and just see. What do I have, doctrinally speaking, on absolute lockdown? <laughs> because the Father is revealing, He's revealing things in this hour to us and to so many other people in our life that I just sit back and I'm like, whoa. This is the age of mysteries being revealed, of truth coming to his people through his holy word. Things that we've been taught, they're like, man, God's saying, you want to know the truth, son? <laughs> Buckle up because you're about to get a big truckload of truth that's been hidden from you. I don't understand why, but it's a beautiful thing to be invited into. Okay, so we are, of course, in Acts chapter 10. We're looking at uh, Peter and Cornelius who are having this this separate prayer time, one at noon and one at three, and and they both have encounters with the Spirit of the Lord, a voice of the Lord speaks to them, and what happens? They, they have an intersection. That's what I've taught on before. I should have looked that up during the break, but they have an intersection because they're both seeking Yahweh. They're both seeking the voice of the Lord at set determined times now, and what happens? The Lord speaks, and these two men intersect. And it's a beautiful thing. This, this man, Peter, Kepha, goes to Cornelius' house. He says, look, man, I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be in your house. And Cornelius was sure like, man, I know. I know. What's the Lord doing? Because isn't that what, what's beautiful about this invitation? If any two of us are in communion with what the Spirit's saying, the intersection comes. Friends, if, you're, if your life is not having intersection with other people, other believers, other non-believers, there might be a breakdown. 
It might be every other human being on the planet, which is a little bit prideful and arrogant, and it might be us. It might be us because what? This is just a, a, a one-text example of many, of two individuals doing a prescribed, set-apart prayer on their faces before Yahweh Elohim at a prescribed day and time. And what happens? Intersection. And they come together. Peter comes to Cornelius' house, and people are gathered there. Man, like, I have dreams about situations like that when I walk into a house and they say, Look, brother, the Spirit of the Lord told us to email you and ask you to come. And the Spirit of the Lord the day before told me that I, in a vision and in a trance that I'm supposed to go to someone's house and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These types of things should like just bubble up in us and give us faith and excitement and hope about maybe, oh, Father, let that be us. Let this be our story, our life. It gives me, man, it gives me encouragement to get up and to pray and to deny myself and to seek what the Lord's saying. <laughs> not for me now, not just for my house, but for other people. What, where, who? So where are we? We are uh, we wrapped up with verse 15 and 16 of Acts chapter 10 where where the 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 voice of the Lord comes to Peter says what? Kill and eat. Kill and eat what? A sheet covered full of unclean animals and clean animals again the word study says all types, all kinds. And what does Peter tell the voice of the Lord? No. What? <laughs> Again, one, one translation says, no, sir, exclamation point. I will not eat it. I won't eat that. Why? It's unholy. Again, after Yeshua Messiah was here, and our doctrine that's been handed us in Christianity says, Jesus undid things like food laws. Leviticus 11. Jesus undid that. If Jesus undid that, why was Peter not eating any, any animal he wanted? Why was Peter not right then already saying, oh, of course, Yeshua Messiah told us we can eat whatever we want. Okay, kill and eat. Thank you. Confirmation. Nor can we, that's foolishness. And so we also can't turn the page and give another preferable, favorable description to this and say, well, because many people say and believe this, although there's no, there's no truth within this lending to this being true. They say that this is a, a literal undoing of Leviticus 11. That this, this vision of Peter is literally the staple moment when Yahweh God changed an entire command about what humanity can eat for the rest of time. Do you see that anywhere in here? Do you see? Would that not be crystal clear? If Yahweh God said... From now on, even wouldn't he, first of all, wouldn't he have done that when Jesus was here? Wouldn't he have done that through the Son? Why would he do it through Peter, which that's not what he was doing. I'm just saying for the sake of discussion. Why would he do it with Peter in a, rand, in a random vision that clearly has to do with him going to people? Wouldn't this have been an isolated thing that had nothing to do with humanity, but Yahweh God coming through Peter and saying, for the rest of Humanity's days kill and eat. But what did Peter say? No, no, I won't eat it. Wow. So verse 17, he's perplexed. While he's greatly perplexed in mind as to what in the world the vision which he had seen might be, 
These men by, sent by Cornelius show up. As he's perplexed, why? He's confused. Why, again, as we alluded to in part one, he was confused because the, the, the voice of the Lord contradicted the commands of Yahweh. So he knew something's wrong. Something's wrong. Because what? God would never <laughs> tell a man to disobey his commands. This is such a simple principle that gets overlooked in everything post-Yeshua. If we know that Yeshua came to fulfill and not abolish, why are we convinced that God came and canceled out His ways and commands for humanity? It makes no sense. So, as, as Peter is reflecting on the vision in verse 19, the Spirit speaks again and says, What? There are men looking for you. I think, as we see here, an explanation is unfolding in Peter's mind. He's, he's wrestling in himself. He's looking into the words, do a word study on perplexed. He's like, this makes no sense. This can't be. Something's wrong with my understanding. He's not blaming God. God, you're, you're confusing. You're, <laughs> you're, you're lying about your own command. This isn't fair. What this, this, okay, I guess it just means eat animals. He said, no, this cannot mean eat animals. It cannot. There's no way that's what it means, so it must mean something else. But yet, at that point, he's saying, I'm perplexed. I don't know what this means. I know it can't mean kill and eat these unclean animals. It can't mean that. So he's perplexed, and he's trying to figure out, if since it doesn't mean that, what does it mean? Okay? And an, ex an explanation begins to unfold. And so we go to verse 27 and 28. Let's just read a little bit, okay? So he goes with these men. And he entered Caesarea. Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called together his relatives and his close friends. And when it came about that Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet, worshipped him, as we talked about in part one. Peter says, get up, man, I'm, dude, I'm just like you. Get up. And as he talked with Cornelius, he entered, and he found all these people gathering. And in verse 28, he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner, or to visit him. And yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. Clarity comes. Understanding comes. Do, how, do, how do we... I'm saying this in such humility the best I know. How, how do we miss this text? How do we miss this text? How have we missed it other than we're irresponsible? I was irresponsible when I was a youth pastor teaching this to people. Eat what you, we eat what we want. If we even talked about it at all, it was justification to do what we want to do. This is obviously about food laws, animals. How do we how in the world do we arrive at that when this says God has shown me through the vision, through the trance, through the sheet covered with unclean animals, he has shown me what? That unclean animals are okay to eat now? Does he make a sermon? Does he give a sermon to Cornelius and his household and Cornelius' friends about how Yahweh, the Spirit of the Lord, undid the commands of Yahweh from Leviticus 11, and now they can have a pork sandwich for lunch? 
I'm, I know that sounds silly, but like, listen, let's just go down that trail for a moment of just metaphor. If, if this is what's been taught to me my whole life, which so many people that I love believe as a foundational scripture to eat what we want, if that's what this means, if that's what this means, this is what this verse should say, okay? If this doctrine that, we, that there are no unclean animals anymore, if there are no unclean animals anymore from this point on, this is what this verse should read. I'm making this up right now. I hope this goes well. This is Paul through that. This is Peter, rather. If, what, if, if the doctrine we've been handed is true, this is how this should read. Peter came to Cornelius and his household, and he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. Yet God has shown me that I'm here to tell you that we should no longer call any animal unholy or unclean. And thereby, the doctrine is established. Leviticus 11 is undone. Is that not true, friends? Is that not true? If that's in fact what this is, which is a license to eat whatever we want, whatever Yahweh called unclean, should it not say that? But it does not say that. It does not say that. And for the sake of being redundant so that this gets through our 15-foot concrete wall of doctrine, let's read it one more time. I am here because Yahweh has shown me that I should not call any man unholy, or unclean. That's why I came without any objection. Why? Because Peter understood the revelation. Yeshua came and he changed who was unclean, who was unholy. And guess what, friends? That's you. That's me. That's the Gentile reality. That's the beauty of the Gentile grafted in principle that I try to just like beg and plead with so many of my Christian brothers to say, we don't understand. We've been told a lie. We've not been told what grafted in really even is. We've made it all about being able to eat pork chops. No. <laughs> this is what Peter had the revelation of. In Yeshua Messiah, on the other side of the rent veil, on the other side of Holy Spirit coming, the invitation has gone out to the unholy, unclean men to come in. Come in. Come in. Enter in to the beautiful. I just want the church to understand the enormity of what we have belittled to make about food. We've taken the, the solar system-sized gospel that's within this text and the grafted-in beautiful principle that it is, and we've made it about justifying eating bacon for breakfast. The enemy is very crafty. And friends, let's just be honest. We, the church, have been very gullible, easily persuadable. Because Peter says, this is about unclean, profane people. So is this text about unclean animals? I mean, really, people? 
I mean, really, now? This isn't because I'm a great teacher, because again, like I said with the Sabbath series, there are there are dozens, if not hundreds, of better teachings about clean and unclean animals that are all over the internet that are excellent, but you probably wouldn't watch that. Way better. So it's not about like, because I've presented this so clearly, now you understand, right? I believe anytime we give ourselves to clean the slate of our doctrine and just ask the Father, ask the Spirit, man, what is this just, what does this say? We, compl- we complicate so many things. <laughs> we, compl- we complicate so many simple factual truths that are just in here to read and just simply, it's just simply what it says. God has shown me this is about men, unholy, unclean men, (laughs) period. Well, what it's really about is, no, it's not. It's not. This is about profane and unclean, unholy men. (laughs) This is just like the Sabbath stuff we've been talking about. We'll bring this to a close and keep this one very short. You see here on the board, Yahweh's commands are greater than new revelation. Man, the church of this hour needs to learn that, man. So many people are having these angelic encounters and word from the Lord, you know. All these things that just terrify me of so many people getting these new revelations, new encounters. God's told us something new, a a level of understanding we didn't have before. Friends, this is dangerous doctrine, but it's not a new idea. This has been around like we've examined in the Sabbath series. And every single other thing, man, once men, once good religious men (laughs) got a hold of of Yahweh's ways post-Yeshua, they harnessed them and they altered them. And they made them evil and repulsive in the sight of the Father because they disobeyed His commands. They promote disobedience. So friend, let me just ask this question to you. This is what, this is what I do in my house. This is what I do in this house. And this is what I do with any brother and sister that would listen. Or any non-believer for that matter. But this is more applicable to believers. What do you call sacred? What in what what way in your heart is like in what level of surrender do you constantly walk in of like do you ask yourself as you eat something as you watch something as you listen to something as you drive somewhere as you say a word do you scrutinize everything and discern and discern and discern and submit and submit to the spirit and say search this Every thought captive, every thought captive. I don't do that perfect, but man, I practice, man. I practice. Practical example, a pop song comes in my head. I get two or three words in. No, in the name of Yeshua Messiah, I'm not singing that song in my imagination. I won't do it. I won't do it. No. It's a practice. No. My eyes, look, they start to wander. No. No. 
I'm a spiritual man. I'm a spiritual man. I'm going to be found pleasing my father. And that doesn't please him. And that doesn't either. And that doesn't either. And that doesn't either. So I'm not, I don't want it. Here's the problem, friend. We have to all wrestle with this in our own way, in our own measure, in our own journey. How willing are we to give up what we enjoy and what we like at even the possibility? What do we talk, what do we see in the scripture? Any hint, any hint of immorality, any hint of impurity, any hint now? That's our goal. I don't even want a hint. I don't want even a taint. I don't want a little bacon grease on my lip. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. Why? Because I'm a law-keeping... No. Because I want to please my Father. And I don't see in here any license to just do whatever I want because I'm free in Jesus now. I don't see that. We make that clear episode after episode. And so lastly, bringing this to a close, and this was on the board and it's not there now. I took it down, I realize. But this is such a revelation for so many people as it was for me. There has never been unclean food. This is not about clean food and unclean food. And if you start to get that through your mind, a lot of texts that you will read that reference food in the New Testament even, and like things that Yeshua came against, like we don't even have time. This could be, like I said, this could be 10 parts as we examine all these different places in the scriptures when Yeshua was here and post-Yeshua, when he's addressing food and like when he's with the, with the, with the Pharisees. And they're saying, oh, you shouldn't eat bread or you shouldn't pick a head of grain on the Sabbath. And Yeshua seemingly says, you can do whatever you want now. I'm here. If we really knew what we what what this says, like he would Jesus Yeshua was talking specifically often about like look you, there's nowhere in Torah that talks about you washing your hands before you put that bread to your mouth, you know like it was all these addition rituals and oral traditions that the leaders had added to Torah, but we don't know that we've not been taught that so we read that okay well the law. <laughs> Because we're ignorant, again, that because of the law of the Pharisees, and Yeshua condemned that, okay, so everything that they taught was wrong. Well, what they teach? Torah? Wrong. It's bad doctrine. It's horrible doctrine. It's not true. He was talking about specific things they were doing that were not Torah-based, that were oral law traditions added to Yahweh's ways and commands. And until we know that, this statement... And others won't make sense. But let me read this statement before I get out, out of where I just started to present. There has never been unclean food. Okay? Yahweh did not clean, uh, create clean food, unclean food. Good food, bad food. He created food. Okay? He created animals for food. And he created animals who were never intended to be food. Okay? Please track with what I'm saying. There has never been unclean food, only unclean animals that were never meant to be food. Does that make sense? There has never been unclean food, only unclean animals that were and are never considered to be food 
by Yahweh Elohim for his creation. That's a simplifier for me. There are animals to be eaten, and there are animals that are never to be eaten, according to Leviticus. It's very simple. It's very simple. Why has it become complicated? Because we grab hold of doctrines, and we twist it, and we justify what we want to do. We've gone the ways of the nations. We've become defiled. The problem is, in in absolute closing, we don't believe that in Jesus we can become defiled, that we can be dirtied. Well, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, man. I'm clean 24-7. Oh, boy. I don't have time to open that one. That's dangerous doctrine. That's dangerous. So you can do anything. You can sleep with your neighbor's wife. You can do this, eat this, get drunk, sluggardness. Well, no, no. Well, who decides? Well, we do. Friends, that's the issue in this. We have been told, well, we do. Cultural. It's all cultural. We don't live like that anymore. It's cultural. No, that's not true. It's bad doctrine. I know I say that every 10 seconds. So what have we been talking about? Acts chapter 10. I believe this is simply, simply presented in under an hour to make very clear the animals on the sheet descending when Peter is having his vision, his trance, have nothing to do with you nor I being able to eat whatever we want. has nothing to do with it. Because Peter said what? God has shown me. I am not to call man unholy or unclean. He did not tell them. As the assembly gathered in Cornelius' house, he said nothing at all about, I'm here to tell you that Yahweh God has changed his mind about unclean animals. Start up the barbecue. He did not do that. He did not do that. Well, why? Because it wasn't about that. This was about human beings. It's the beautiful invitation of the Gentile being grafted in to the people of Yahweh Elohim. Let's exalt it to what it is and not not degrade it down to being about food. This was God the Father using Peter to exalt and, and, and magnify the grafted in beautiful principle that it is that he gave to us as a gift. I hope you've seen that in this study. If not, email me. We'll, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's find truth, man. I don't care what I've been handed anymore. I couldn't be more over it than I am right now. <laughs> Thank you for watching. This is the Path to Zion podcast. What are we doing? We're trying to rediscover the ancient way. Thank you for joining us in that endeavor. It is an endeavor. It takes hours a day. It takes our life. Why are we told when you rise up and when you lie down? Because that's what it takes. If you're not willing to count that cost, we, you cannot, I cannot. If I'm not willing, I will not be like my Savior. I won't. I won't walk as he walked. It's that simple. It will be our life. It should be our life. Abundant life. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Like, subscribe, share, this, that, and the other. Podcast at gmail.com. Find us online 24-7 at patdesign.com. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Amen.